0: Welcome to TSCRA Talk, a podcast by Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. I'm your host, Kristen Brown. Joining me today is Riddell Tyner, Regional Manager for the American Angus Association. We visit about seed stock cattle sales, what you need to know as the buyer going into the sale. And then on the flip side, we'll visit about best practices for seed stock producers. Now, welcome to TSCRA Talk. We're glad to have you with us today.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. I think a lot of folks see you um, at different sales and around at different cattle events, but tell us, tell us about your position and a little bit about your background.
1: I cover the states of Texas and New Mexico and um, travel to, to function that might be related to Angus cattle within those two states. been doing that for uh, almost 10 years now. So people ask, like, what do I do, What you know, and the list of things I do, you could talk about it for um, an hour or more. But uh, at the end of the day, the association has hired me and 12 other guys to work around the country that um, the others all have in each states or reach or a group of states of their own. And our job is to be a customer service representative for American Angus for breeders of all sizes. Part of what we do is I help people that might have one or two cows right up to the guy that might have a 1,000 or more. It's a very unique job. Some days I may talk to a guy that um, has been in the cattle business 70 or 80 years, you know, been in it all of his life. He may have a question on where to find the bull. I hang up from him, and I may get on the phone with a guy that. Just retired from his job. He bought 10 cows and he wants to know how to market them. You know, and he's only been in the business for a year or less. So then, then we work with the junior programs as well, try to be involved with at shows, helping kids, kind of everything that goes along with, with that as well. So that's kind of what we do in a nutshell.
0: Well, it sounds like a really, a really fun job, different every single day.
1: It's not a uh, typical eight to five job. You know, uh, the phone might ring at eight or nine o'clock at night, get emails and and try to help them anytime. And you just never know what the day is going to bring.
0: Well, so transitioning to our topic today, fall seed stock sales are about to begin as a buyer. Because you again, you work with a lot of people, you see a lot of things, but for people who are looking at going to these sales, what do they need to be doing ahead of time? What do they need to be looking at prior to showing up on sale day?
1: One thing that, that I tell everyone that I interact with that might be new to the business is have a game plan. Plan what your goals are. If someone's just wanting a few cows just for um, tax exemption purposes, you know, their goals may differ from someone that's got three or 400 cows that are planning on selling those into a um, branded beef type program and looking for premiums. You know, if people are breeding heifers versus cows, if you're breeding, if you're buying Angus bulls to put on Brahmin cross cows, maybe birth weight's not as important as it would be if you were putting a bull on a group of English cross heifers. So there's some objectives there. You know, are you selling them at weaning? Is weight important? Is carcass quality important? And all this just depends on what their end goal is of how they're marketing these cattle. If they're planning on going into a, um, a feedlot and kind of um, where they retain ownership, they probably want to look at a little more of the quality grade aspect of it, the beef carcass value. If they're selling them at a sale barn, if they got just a handful of cows and they're gonna sell those five or ten calves at the local sale barn at weaning time, probably weaning weight is something they probably need to focus on. So I just I encourage people to have a game plan of what you're doing. Then and nowadays these sale catalogs and a lot of them are online and a lot of the Angus ones online are even sortable in terms of you can sort it to find the bulls in that sale that meet your criteria in terms of EPDs. Then you kind of start searching for maybe pedigrees and different things. Then one of the most important, and I don't want to ever insinuate that this is not the most important, it's once you get it narrowed down, what you like in terms of EPDs and pedigrees and that, You got to look at these cattle. If they don't know what they're looking at, if they're new to the business, I encourage them find someone that they know and trust. A lot of times there's somebody on the ranch that's selling these cattle. They'll tell you, they'll tell you the good and the bad about each animal. So I always look at them because at the end of the day, we got to look at these cattle and we got to keep cattle that are sound structured, good on their feet and legs, and uh, most people, temperament is uh, very important. So those are things that you have to evaluate on sale day. But prior to sale day, you can sort through the data, sort through the pedigrees, kind of figure out which ones fit what you're looking for. And one point that I want to make is I encourage people to take a marker or take a red pen or whatever, and if there's a bull that you're looking at and you're absolutely not interested in him because of maybe the EPDs, maybe his feet are bad, maybe whatever reason it is, maybe his temperament's not uh, ideal for your situation, put an X over that pedigree. But what happens is, is, and I've seen this happen many times, you get to a sale and, and you have, you know, you kind of have him marked out and he comes in and he's cheap. And he, well, the other bull's been selling for five or 6,000. This bull's only selling for 3,000. You know, I don't really remember why I didn't like him. And the guy raises, raises his hand and buys the bull. Then afterwards he realizes, Oh, the reason he was cheap is because of this issue or that issue. And I encourage people to have a game plan and know which ones you don't want and don't settle during the auction because A lot of the auctions fast paced. It's moving fast. You see a bull that or a cow or whatever you're buying that's going cheap. You raise your hand, you're buying, then you have something that you really hadn't planned on buying. So, um, very important to, um, stick to your game plan and don't, even though the price might be okay. And maybe you can't afford the bulls that you really wanted, but, um, you'd never want to end up settling. For um, just a cheap bull, because it doesn't go with your long term plan.
0: And that makes sense. What is the long term goal and the long term focus? This genetic input that you are purchasing is contributing to a significant part of your calf crop over a significant amount of time. So it's a long term commitment when you purchase a bull.
1: Yes, then you're keeping daughters. So, hit, keeping daughters out of this bull, so his influence may live for, for a very long time.
0: That makes sense. And talking about all the data and, you know, looking at maternal and reproductive traits, feeder traits, terminal traits, it can be a little bit overwhelming, especially if this is not something that has been the focus of your operation before, or you don't have maybe that that personal mentor that has helped grow you up in going to these sales. What are some resources for people
1: one thing that I encourage people to do, and anyone can, uh, this is accessible on on various websites, but look at breed averages. For EPDs, that's, you know, so a lot of times people don't understand what a number might mean. So you see a weaning weight EPD of a 60 or a 70 or 80 or whatever it might be, and you don't really know where that ranks in the breed. and I encourage people to look at breed averages for whatever breed you're looking at. You can, um, this information is on most breed websites. And, um, if they can't find it, then, um, uh, you can call the breed association, call someone like myself and we'll get that information to you, but focus on breed averages. Cause a lot of times in a commercial situation where you're buying bulls, you don't always have to be in the top 1%, but you definitely want to look at those percentiles. Maybe for weaning weight, maybe you want to focus on being any bull you buy this year to be in the top 20% or 10% of the breed for that trait, but maybe for uh, other traits that maybe we can be more like breed average. Maybe it's okay to be breed average for certain traits, depending on what our herd consists of.
0: You know, one thing that you touched on that I want to loop back to is making that phone call to the folks at the ranch, having the sale, because at the end of the day, they want you to walk away successful and pleased with your purchase because they obviously want to, for you to have a good cattle herd, meet your goals, but to come back in the future. And so they want to build a relationship with you. So talk to us a little bit more about reaching out to them and just having that open communication with them.
1: Absolutely. So I deal with, as far as Texas and New Mexico, I deal with most Angus breeders that are selling bulls. I deal with them one on one. And I will guarantee you that 99.9% of them would welcome anyone to call them, ask them about certain bulls, ask them, even go a step further and ask them about, well, what about this bull's mother? I'm my, My goals are to keep heifers, you know, ask about the family lineage because most of these ranches that are selling these bulls, this is what they do 365 days out of the year. And they know their cow herd. They know what will work for you, and they will tell you 100% the truth to the best of their knowledge, which bulls that they think will or will not work for you. And I'd encourage people to really listen to what those ranch owners or ranch managers tell you. I've had times where people have bought bulls and then afterwards, the owner or ranch manager would say, man, I wish they hadn't bought that bull because I don't think it'll work out in New Mexico or or East Texas or whatever, for whatever reason. And it's just a way to prevent maybe something happening that you could prevent otherwise. Reach out to these guys because they... They want you to be happy. They'll tell you everything. They're, they're not just trying to sell you a bull. They, they want to sell you a bull. Yes, but they want to sell you the right bull. So when, when there's 70, 80, or in cases, three or 400 bulls selling at a sale, they want to help you find the bull that's going to best fit your program and the one that's going to take you to the next level of in the positive direction of where you're wanting to go.
0: On that note, let's transition and talk about the seller side of a seed stock sale. What wisdom would you share with these folks who are hosting these sales?
1: One thing is, and most people do this, but just being accessible and and responding to the customers in a timely manner. It's easy to get real busy. You know, a lot of times when we're We're selling bulls and especially in the springtime, we're we're calving out cows and we're busy and somebody's calling you wanting to to find out information on a bull. And it's hard for people to always get back to people in a timely manner. I'd encourage that kind of stuff, being very accessible and uh, maybe having someone designated within that ranch to call these people back and to reach out to people. I think just networking and customer service is something that um, we can never be overdone.
0: Well, that sounds like some very wise advice.
1: This is a people business. We raise cattle, but this is a people business and keeping communication. And right now, today, we're in a time where there's so much data in front of us. You can get on Facebook, you can get on the Internet in any way, and you find you can find a bull for sale pretty easy. There's bulls everywhere. So in order to stand out and to keep um, the customers that you have, customer service is probably, in my opinion, more important now than ever. Because if you're not following up with your customers, if you're not taking care of business in the right way, there's a lot of other people out there that would um, be able And be willing to sell a bull to that person you've been selling to. So customer service is the big thing. Reaching out, communicating with your, with previous buyers, future buyers, just staying in touch with them. You you can't, we can't do that enough.
0: That makes sense. It's it's so much about relationships on both ends and and cultivating that and, and communicating.
1: And also encourage people to Always transfer the bull, no matter if it's going into a, a commercial situation or not. I had a phone call yesterday from a guy that um, his he has some registered cows, but his father-in-law has a few commercial, and his father-in-law bought a bull and told the the seller that he didn't need the registration papers, but then this son-in-law uses the bull on his registered cows, and now he's having trouble getting them registered because the bull was not properly transferred. So it's very important. If you're a commercial buyer buying them, always ask for the papers. It costs, for Angus, it costs five bucks to get them transferred. Very inexpensive, and that bull is now in your name. These value-added feeder calf programs And um, source agent source verified programs like Angus Link, just to name one. A lot of times these bulls need to be they have to be transferred, so they can trace that they're verifying that they are Angus genetics. And other breeds have similar programs. And when those bulls aren't transferred, it kind of throws a glitch in the system, and it takes a little more time. than you end up not getting the added value out of those commercial calves that you might have could have if they would have been out of registered bulls. So encourage people, always ask for the papers. If you're a seed stock producer, just automatically let that be a standard operating procedure that you transfer and spend that $5, transfer that bull to the person, no matter if they're registered Angus breeders or if they're just commercial breeders just make that standard operating procedure that you automatically transfer those registration papers.
0: That makes sense that it's important to be diligent in taking care of that and and utilizing the resources that are available. Yes. Is there anything that, that we haven't touched on on either side of the sale that you think is important for our listeners to know today?
1: One thing that I would add is just always Find someone that you know, like and trust to deal with. There's a lot of people out there and, and 99.9% of, of the seed stock people that you'll deal with are great people will stand up to um, do what they tell you they'll do. But, um, find someone that you know, like and trust to deal with. There's people all over the great state of Texas, all over the United States for that matter, that, um, will do you a good job. There's people. Probably people that are listening to this, there's someone probably within 10 or 20 miles of them. Maybe that doesn't fit their program. Maybe they want to drive a little farther, but there's good cattle all over this country. Just find someone that comes recommended to you from maybe a neighbor or friend. Uh, Most everybody that's in the cattle business knows somebody that can recommend you to uh, a seed stock producer that they've interacted with and had good dealings with.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for your insight. And we look forward to seeing you down the road at sales.
1: Well, thanks, Kristen. Thanks for inviting me to be a part of this. And uh, I hope it's uh, very helpful and insightful to the people listening to it.
0: Wonderful. And as always, to learn more about TSCRA, visit TSCRA.org.